Hey guys, welcome back to the Detour Live. Uh, I'm your host, Dan Jones, joined as always, four time national road champion from Australia, Johnny Chavarro. And it's another bonus episode because we're coming live Tuesday night. We normally go Thursdays at 6 30. But uh, if he was really keen to get a couple of special guests on tonight, we've got Benny Kirsten, who's managing director of the Australian Cycling Academy, who are absolutely killing it in 2022, and Matt White, head sports director from. Bike Exchange, Jayco, who's going to give us an update on the season. And in true iffy style, we've sent Whitey the link and he said, nah, nah. I told John I've, I've got coaches meeting. So, John, we're live. We're supposed to, both taping a bit earlier, evidently. Ah, oh, damn. Well, well it's, it's hard. One of my good mates, Steve uh, uh, Steve Andrews, one of the great sites of years ago, just arrived up here at the game. We've had a couple of beers, and I missed that uh, text from uh, Whitey. So, uh, so apologies. we can discuss it. Apologies. Good of you. Right. Good of you to look after me like that, Dan. And not, uh, you know, uh, Man, I'm going to talk to the fourth wall. I don't want people to think I'm behind these logistical nightmares. <laughs> I've got to bloody tell them how it is <laughs> to cover my own skin. That's how we roll on the detour. But that that just puts pressure on Benny Kirsten because he's going to have to really carry the show. And lucky he's a good storyteller. <laughs> so yes. what can what can you say about Benny? Give us a bit of an intro before we bring him on. Well, before we talk about what he's now doing with this great uh, uh, cycling academy team that they've got going, he was one of our great uh, track riders. There we are, Commonwealth Games uh, champion, won the gold medal Commonwealth Games in the kilo. Um, second world, I think he was world junior champion. He might have been two years world junior uh, time trial champion. Mm-hmm. And then... Uh, second in a, in a world senior, and then went over to the road. Was a very good road rider. Um, I think he was involved in that old V Australia thing that all uh, fell over in the end, and that might have been the end of it all. But yeah, a sensational bike rider, and he and Matty Wilson together have made this amazing team. There they are, uh, the, the boys, best mates, happen to marry. Twin sisters, which is all uh, <laughs> works well. Well, that can and go are, two ways. That can well, either got, bring them it, together it's or well, split them up. Gorgeous girls, absolutely yeah. gorgeous girls. Uh, and they're up on the Sunshine Coast, um, and they've done an amazing job. And we'll get him on to talk about that. So, uh, the Australian Sightly Academy, and here's Benny and his brother Joshy. Got the two of them together. That the was them boys. Deal. Really, one at a time. So now well, we've got Josh on as well. So Josh was like, he was the Ben Kirsten before Ben Kirsten. Was it three years between you guys? Four years? Oh, a little bit more. Oh, five, five, uh, five years. Five yeah. years. So Ben was our top kilo rider. Um, I think you only got a bronze medal at the Com Games, but you're up there. <laughs> well, you got a bronze medal at the Com Games, John. That's, that's all that I got. Medal? That's all I got. Oh, I yeah. got, got lost in dispatches. Yeah. But um, yeah, it was our, you know, our our big kilo man, and then in the next four or five years later, along come uh, Benny. So it's great uh, to see you two together, and you don't catch up a lot. So I know that Benny, you've driven up from uh, after the warning, got up to the old home area up. Uh, you you uh, up in um, you're Southern, in the, Highlands. I, I, Southern yeah. Highlands at the moment, but you guys were originally from. Um, 
Oh, from Wollongong. We're from Wollongong. Wollongong, yeah, where the world championship's going to be. You know all about that. We'll talk to you. Oh, Brad McGee's just popped his head uh, in as well. Well, they're at, Brad, they're at Brad McGee's house, and Brad has just walked in the door, so we'll get him involved as well. Uh, oh, well, Matt White out, Brad McGee in. Yeah, we'll do that. Well, no, we'll leave we'll leave Brad out for a moment because we'll get yeah, him Brad's on a minute talking about what's going on. The shower and stuff, so um, he'll, he can come back when you're ready. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah that sounds good. It sounds good. But but let's go back to this, this uh, um, team of yours, uh, Benny. It's been going super well this year. You know, from from every every race you've done, from you know, Bay Crits onto um, the uh, Tour Down Under or the uh, Santos Cycling Festival Nationals, all of this, and now uh, a Tour of Gippsland just just uh, mm. uh, uh, last week. But the big one, mm. the Warnie on the weekend, you managed to snaffle yeah. both the the men's and women's Warnie. So, just tell us a little bit about that uh, great form that you've got right now. Yeah, look, we've we're this is our fourth season. Um, we started from scratch and it was Melbourne. heavily development based. A lot of our riders, um, most the majority of our riders relocate to the Sunshine Coast and, and go to university. It's like a, a holistic sort of based program. So anything like this does take time to get momentum and, and traction. And um, last year we did a, in COVID, especially we did a lot of sort of soul searching and restructuring and figured out sort of where we wanted to be and how we wanted to be. And we'd had three years of uh, pretty good success. We won the nationals with Freeburg and many um, international UCI races, which was good. But there are more sprinklings on a development program, and um, we've come out this year and yeah, um, Bay Crits and then nationals. We won six out of eighteen gold medals, and then two at under won a stage each, and Angus on uh, Wollonga on the Queen stage, and then um, Gippsland. We we really dominated there as well, and then. Uh, finishing off with the warning and, and uh, Cam Scott attacking at 2K to go. Um, <laughs> we're watching started, vision of that right now. For those who were on podcast, wouldn't see yeah, any of that. Go, and, uh, it was an amazing But it was a, a great cool. world. Yeah, he nearly, he nearly fixed. Giants up on the line. <laughs> yeah, 20 metres lead at one metre to go and uh, a metre after yeah. the line, they were past him. So yeah. he, uh, he hit it that hard with... 2K to go. It was phenomenal. And then on top of that, we're, we're very privileged to win the first ever women's warning. So that's an historical one for us. It meant a lot with Maeve Plouffe. She's on fire at the moment. She's untouchable. Well, I've got highlights yeah. of the uh, final there as well, Ify. So I can yeah. just scroll Look, back it, to the It, it was a, a fantastic race, actually. Like, oh, the warning now has really come to life with what they've done. So uh, congratulations to Cycling Australia and to uh, or Oz Cycling as they are and Karen Jones and all those. But here's the finish here. And uh, you see, look, there's Maeve sitting there, second wheel. Um, on, uh, I think that was national and, champion. And she sprints pretty much front. in the seat. That's the thing that everyone was talking yeah. about. Like, you know, it's not a traditional sprinting style, Benny. Yeah, she's super powerful and coming from the track, you're always in that aero position and you're used to producing power in the seat. As you know, getting out of the seat breaks that profile, aero profile and she's always on aero bars. So that's what she's good at and people just can't come off her wheel. But in the morning, she did, in fact, lead out, you know, for a few hundred metres and then was able to get out of the seat. So after 170k or so to be able to get out of the seat for her, you show her road legs are just really growing. She's had time away from the track. She's been winning all this road. 
and that's what I found when I switched to road. In the beginning, the first year, I couldn't get out of the seat at the end. And um, so, and when I found my road legs, being able to really start getting out of the seat at the end, and you can see that happening with her. But I think the, the great thing about that race was they averaged about 36 kilometres an hour and there was 45 kilometre gust headwinds straight on the nose for the last hour. So uh, it was an exciting race and uh, I was a privilege to be part of it. I was going to say, Benny, do you find that the results that you're getting now, and I saw interviews with you at Tour of Gippsland saying that, you know, this primarily was a development team, but we're seeing in world cycling, these young riders are, are just killing it. You know, normally the you know, you do your apprenticeship and, you know, you get to your peak at sort of 25 to 28. Is this a reflection of the results that you're getting, what's happening globally? And why do you think these young guys are just smashing it, you know, pretty quick in their careers? Yeah, look, I, I'd hate to make assumptions, but obviously over the last bunch of years, the you know, there's the, the doping issues and stuff have settled down and, and young riders aren't um, being forced to keep up with these Lance Armstrongs and, people like that and they're they're just phenomenal talents and they're investing in in the future as young athletes but they're able to challenge at such a young age you see sky the, the amount of young riders they're signing and um we've noticed the shift we had under 23 riders but uh by the time they're developed with us they're into elites and they're too old um to get picked up by teams so teams are looking at under 19s now and they want to jump on them by under 23. So we're, we're really shifted as well. We've got five under 19s in the team now, and that's a heavy focus for us. Um, but yeah, the world, the landscape's changed and it's shifted forward. And um, we were sort of not ahead of the game, but at least on par with it, um, maybe ahead of some people, but um, that's that's what's happening. And yeah, our juniors are already um, being spoken to uh, by pro teams. So yeah, we're really um, in line with what the trends are happening. And, and I'll tell you what, I was very impressed with, uh, with, with, with Mo. I never can say her Christian name right, but Pluff, because we know her track background. So a lot of people are saying, oh, you know, the shorter races suited her, whatever. Well, this is the longest women's road race in the world, the, the new Warnable yeah. uh, um, Women's Classic. So she, she proved that it's not just a short distance, she can beat them on, on uh, any terrain. And she's very impressive. She's strong and fast. So she definitely uh, got a chance to move up to World Tour, wouldn't you think? Oh, 100%. Um, it's, a, it's her choice, I believe. Um, she's invested in track and she wants to be an Olympic champion. And uh, the way she's going, she can be. So I think in anyone in that situation, it's their choice how long they stick with track and whether they get when they turn to road. So you see a lot of the track guys, um, O'Brien and um, Wellsford now just finally deciding enough's enough on the track and then they go straight to pro and then they start earning their money and set their career away. Um, May has proven that at any time she can do that. As you said, longest race in the world was in a, a five or six uh, woman break and um, still managed to win the sprint in heavy winds. Um, obviously, you know, it's a challenging race. It wasn't easy so pro teams can see that and it will definitely be up to her and how long she wants to persist with track now with the program obviously we've seen in the past guys like michael drapak that had a you know about obviously being a bike rider but what you did off the bike and, and was really big on education and things like that now you guys obviously i know maddie wilson pretty well and i remember when he was telling about the concept in the early days he was like no this is a, a holistic approach because that understanding that as a bike rider yeah, how important is that balance on the bike and off the bike? Yeah, 100%. We, um, 
is there's so many burnouts and so many um, issues with with young athletes that don't make it, or even ones that do that don't have a balanced life or an educational backup. Um, and that was the main ethos of the program. We didn't want to go world tour. We didn't want to dominate. We wanted to give riders, um, you know, another another backup in life, and um, we wanted to nurture them better and you know, almost make them feel loved and appreciated, give them a set of life skills. So um, a lot of our experience, particularly um, when you're out, you're out and you're on your own and then you spend the next five years soul searching with our riders, whether they get, um, they move on from the team through misselection or they just want to retire, they'll have university degrees and it's all on good terms and um, it's their choice and they know where they're going in life. And um, yeah, 24 out of our 26 men and women are at university um, and they're just really solid structured people have a great environment around them we've got some great staff um, men and women staff and we've got a great system um, at the university of the sunshine coast we have psychologists and strength and conditioners and nutritionists and uh, we're doing our very best to um, yeah just look after them as a, as a total package uh, matt wilson has a management company now for the riders so the riders in our team get get that um, ability to have him and his uh, partners search for them into world tour teams. We're not just, um, you know, writing random emails. So um, it's, uh, it is a whole round um, package and they are on a pathway and uh, we've turned a couple of riders pro per year the last two years and we're looking to even increase that more. Now, Josh, I saw you nodding your head when we asked that question. <laughs> What's your involvement in the program, mate? <laughs> Oh, not not that much, really. Um, <laughs> I, I haven't seen, I haven't actually seen Ben in a long time. And the thing is, this catch up here, we've been trying to plan for about a month now, and it's just come together. But you know, he's extremely busy. Does a lot of travel. Um, COVID hasn't made things easy in terms of us connecting um, as much as we'd like to get to the Sunshine Coast. We've moved the holiday three times. Um, and hopefully back up there at Easter, but um, not huge involvement, but look, I'm hugely supportive and as we all are, but um, they're doing some really good things. And I think, um, you know, we were involved years ago with the Illawarra Academy of Sport and we've had a lot of riders come through that program, which we've moved up, um, you know, including Kayla Buen, who's from this area as well. Um, and just seeing that involvement and what it can do to bring those young riders up um, but yeah, they're, they're doing some great things. Joshy, uh, I, I can remember you riding back in the, in the old days and you were one of the uh, few riders of that era. You used to come and have a beer with me. So, uh, you know, we, we clicked pretty well. I can remember that, but, um, looking yeah. at it from now, Still it's a couple of, <laughs> yeah, I know, I've noticed. Um, it's a couple of generations later. Um, what have you seen the, the difference in like the, the, the track programs and what's happening in Australia now compared to your day? Oh, look, things were pretty different when I was riding, um, you know, through the, I guess you call it the Charlie Walsh era. And Brad and I used to race together and we were roommates for many years. Um, but things were very different, although we were professional or amateur, if you want to call it, but we we're full-time bike riders. Um, I've seen a real swing in terms of the way that riders are these days, so much more professional. Um, the focus, you know, they look after themselves. Um, they're, they're focused on their career. 
Um, it, it is very, very different. If I see Ben's riders, yeah, it's chalk and cheese compared to how we were years ago. Although we had great success, but that's probably why you're seeing these young riders, like you're saying, transitioning and going so well from a young age. Um, very, very different sport now. Yeah, very different. Is one of the issues, Benny, like, okay, you've got two distinct categories here. You've got the men's and you've got the women's. Now, obviously, things have, you know, they're progressing pretty well from the women's scheduling point of view and more coverage and, you know, we've got base wages and so forth now. But it, it feels like on paper there's probably a bit more pressure on the women's side to have that balance, to have that degree because they just – it used to break my heart when you see these riders that are putting in the same hours as the men's, but they just weren't getting the financial support, which would mean if that falls over, you don't have that nest egg that if you were a male rider getting good coin, you've got that backup so that you can go, all right, well, I've got a couple of years to sort out what I want to do. Yeah, I, I guess it's a double-edged sword and everyone's fighting for equality, including us. And women's cycling is growing in leaps and bounds. You see that the televisation now and, and like the women's warning and um, uh, minimum wages, um, growing teams and bigger teams. Um, we've got young riders now being asked to come over. And I used to sort of look at it in the other way where women women are peaking at like 30 and they can ride to 40. Some women can start riding at 35 and turn pro. So I used to think, oh, geez, that'd be nice. You could get your career um sorted your education sorted and um and then go on to cycling and if it doesn't work out which happens just as much as the men they come back home and and they can continue on their life path and you see there are not many women that were committing suicide and and going off the rails after retirement compared to young blokes because they were getting picked up at 17 and 18 and then um dropped at 22 and then they just go into this spiral um, so I used to think it was um, a great thing that women could still be picked up at a later age, but I also think it's a great thing now that they have the option um, at a younger age as well. But uh, I think in general, women are just more switched on and able to go and, and set their sights and balance both. Most of, most of them are doing both. Um, and it's not always about the money. They're just they're better at, at doing that in general. But um, as I said, thing, the landscape's changing. Interesting you say that, Benny. Is, do you think part of it, could, there was no expectations from the women? They didn't expect to be getting a big wage. So when things didn't happen, they, they always knew that they were going to have to do something else straight after because there was never going to be that big nest egg. Yeah, that's true. And I guess that's why they, they're fighting for equality too because they, they are working as hard and they are as talented and they're, they're not getting paid. So they did have to set the plan B up. Um, so I, I guess that's why that's happened. Um, but I guess at the end of the day, it's, it's benefited them in their longevity in, in life compared to men. Uh, if we were going to take a quick drinks break, because I know Josh is dying of thirst. And, uh... Just before you do, I, I was going to say, before we move <laughs> off the water ball, because we didn't, I was just going to say, I was very impressed with, uh, with Cam Scott. Uh, I remember I was standing there about half an hour before the finish, Talking to Mike Tomolaris, actually, he was up there working on the event. And I picked Cam to win, but I thought Cam, I actually picked one, two, three. But I thought it would be a bunch finish. But the way he jumped away and won it on his own was very impressive. And he is someone who definitely should be going 
world tour. He's got all the attributes. I can't believe yeah. they, uh, they haven't picked him up. I was going to put the hard uh, hard word on uh, Whitey when he came on, but uh, I stuffed that up. But anyway, we'll do, do that <laughs> later. But no, he's I a, think he's, he's got – boy too. Yeah, well, he's a fullback. I thought he was a Wagga boy originally. He's from Wagga and he moved to Camden. And then um, Josh and I sponsored the Illawarra Academy of Sport um, many, many years ago. And Cam was one of the first athletes. And then when I retired okay. – I became a coach for in Swiss and he was one of my athletes in the sprint program. So we developed him as a track sprinter with the idea that he would convert to endurance later on and have this great power underneath him. Um, then he went into the track program trying to go to the Olympics and aged out through that under 23 period as a track rider. So when he switched to road, he was already out of the under 23s with no road results. So we all know him as the biggest talent in Australia on the road, but pro teams see four years of no road results. He's won a stage of um, Trip Qinghai Lake, by the way, 250K at 3,000 metres on a track program. 20, he was 20, I think, then. Yeah, doing track yeah, doing track four-kilometre efforts. So he's a freak. Mm, but yeah. they're like, why is it yeah. so patchy? You tell them the story. They say it's too old. But I think now um, – and then as soon as he left the track program, he, he had a horrible crash in Tweed and, and fractured his pelvis. So – He's on the comeback from that, and now um, he's unstoppable. So if you get a team that understands that history and why he's where he's at, um, they really they they really understand the talent that he is, and I think people are understanding that now. And and um, I don't know, I'll be willing to, to bet my house that he, he wouldn't that he uh, he'll be pro next year. And also, if you, if you pay attention to the answers, Matty Wilson's managing a lot of these riders now. He knows why he's really good. He'll get it sorted. You don't need to step in all the time. (laughs) (laughs) If you have a go as well, it takes a few people sometimes. Yeah, good point. Good point. (laughs) All right, let's have a drinks break. We'll be back more with uh, Benny and Josh, and hopefully Brad McKee has had a shower. So we might be able to check in with him. Right, mate. All right, see you later. Look at this bike. You think it's just a bike, right? But it's not. It's a bike. 374 people are looking at this guy, this girl, them, all looking at it. People from here, there, and wherever this is. People that are looking for a bike. Or just a piece of it. Amateurs, semi-amateurs, and pro-amateurs. This guy wants this bike, but with this crank and these bars. This could be the perfect match, but not this one. This girl has a bike to sell, and thousands of people might purchase it. Eyes on Bikes help grow small businesses. His, hers, yours, and the latest data and insights help those businesses keep moving. We are the world's number one bike marketplace, with over 500,000 products and 900 brands, where buyers and sellers are brought together in a place where a bike is never just a bike. Bike Exchange, where the world buys, sells, learns, and rides. Are you dreaming of the ultimate cycling holiday? Mumu Cycling is the best in the business. Official tour operators for all Grand Tours and Monuments, you will ride the best climbs. Enjoy VIP access and race viewing all hosted 
by some of the world's best pros, including 17-time Tour de France rider and Paris-Roubaix champion Stuart O'Grady. Start planning your ultimate holiday at www.mumucycling.com. Thanks for Bike Exchange and Moomoo Cycling. Uh, now, if you've got some notes for Moomoo, we've only got two spots left for the Classics, and there's some big names have. that are going to be well, over there with them. Seriously, I mean, this is the trip of a lifetime. Listen to this yeah. lineup. You've got Stewie O'Grady, who knows a little bit about it, right? Um, uh, Paro Bay, they're, they're doing the, the, the official rides. They're doing the uh, Paro Bay uh, Grand Fondo and the uh, Amstel Gold because they've changed the dates of some of those things. But these are some of the, the – so in, you've got two places, and it's guaranteed. A lot of the, the um, – Tour groups at the moment are worried about that. Hopefully, this is guaranteed. They're going. Uh, only two spots left. This is some of the guests you will mix with. Eddie Merckx, one of the slicks. I can't remember whether it, uh, uh, which one it is. But we'll throw them, them both in. They'll both <laughs> be there. Uh, one of them is definitely there. Uh, Tom Boonen and Johan Museu, Mr. Tour of Landers. So, um, th these are sensational guys. And you don't just meet them. You, you sit down with them, you have a drink with them, and they tell stories. And Suey uh, and Tom Burnham will swap some stories. So it'll be something really special. So if you're, you can get over there for, for the classics, it's not that far away. It's only, you know, like six weeks. But jump in, jump in and do it. It's going to be sensational. Yeah. And the Giro, and also, they're doing the first week as well. well they are. So a big push on the first week of the Giro. So led by uh, Moo, the great Moo Moo group and John Chaborro. Evidently, I've been thrown in on the mix. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, that, that could be a detriment. But anyway, it will be a lot of fun. So right from the start in Budapest. I haven't been to Budapest. I'm looking forward to going to Hungary. Three days up there and then fly down to uh, Sicily and then continue on for the rest of the week right uh, through and uh, up Mount Etna in Sicily. It's going to be amazing. And uh, this is what I say. So it's a small group guaranteed. So it's going to be really something special. Uh, inner Sanctum Access, ride the, ride the actual race course on closed roads, luxury accommodation, five-star, not a JT one, uh, full support. So feel like a pro with the, with the team car behind you. Guaranteed. The, uh, departure and travel with the official tour operator. So you're going into the, you know, all, all the, the official uh, part at the end, get up on the podium. Amazing. It's, it's going to be something special. Same with the, the Tour de France. And they're also working on a, a special women's Tour de France for the uh, uh, Tour de Femme, as it will be called, which uh, I'm going to be doing which I'm really looking forward to. That's going to be something, something else. Uh, eight days, starting on the final lap of Tour de France and finishing on the, uh, the, the Planche de, de Belleville. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so they're just working on that now. So all the details of that will be coming real soon. Yep. So uh, Marcel, who's an amazing operator, moomoocycling.com, so M-U-M-U-Cycling.com. So make sure, jump on and have a look at it all. But it's going to be amazing. It's a no-brainer. If you can do it, you might as well do it. All right, we're back. And Brad McGee looks fresh out of the shower. Boys, welcome. What's happening? Hey. Do you know how a podcast works? You can't have private conversations and not allow us to join in. Well, so, 
So we have our, our special guest, Brad McGee, well, it's his house. So they're just, they've just, they've yeah. just, uh, uh, you know, dived in and, and staying on, on Brad's uh, good, good uh, um, hosting as he does. But Bradley, how's it going, mate? It's going really well, if you. I'm, I'm curious, those curtains, are you like in a velodrome, like in a six day, you know, the old six days, they had the it's little in a bunker. Yeah, is that... I'm at Nagambi, but uh, normally I can open it up and there's a beautiful Lake Nagambi out in the background. So I'll open it up. Hang on. There we go. Well, well, hang, on. <laughs> <laughs> hang on, Brad. We're looking at your background. There's a bit of a gold there tinge go. there in the kitchen. Is that a tribute to Athens? How's that? Uh, no, not in this. No. I, can't, I the can't see anything. And decorating yeah. in here, so be careful, be kind. Oh, I think it looks good. I think it looks good. But I think it's just the way of people going, oh, gold. Did you, are you a gold medalist? This just all comes back to being a bit of a big yeah, head. I wasn't, wasn't shooting for that. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so tell us, like, the property that you've got up there, you're obviously a guy that's passionate about the land. You know, what, what sort of a setup are you running out there, Brad? Absolutely. So I'm, um, I'm more than a hobbyist in permaculture. We're trying to really make sure this place is sustainable. So what's that mean? It actually starts producing more than it's taking. Um, you know, we've got a few things going on. We're part of um, Land for Wildlife, uh, which just gives us access to a bit of knowledge, really, so we can manage the place a lot better. It's 50 acres. We bought it in the National Park. Um, we've got a few um, bit of farming going on. It's more a hobby. And some lovely cottages on the property, which people come down and spend some time in the bush. Good old is, that, bush. is that the secret to keeping that radiant look organic veggies? <laughs> Pumpy. I'm pumpy. Yeah. That's it. Got a nice glow well, to the skin, mate. It's great. I'm sure you've got a lot of people knocking on your door about uh, the worlds uh, which are coming up. You'll be because you're not that far. How far from uh, you down in Wollongong? Yeah, it's about, about an hour drive. Um, yeah. You'll be on the, on the start finish line. Uh, I have blocked the whole place out for a couple of weeks. Um, Expecting a few, you know, these these types of friends and family tending to uh, yeah. My house is right on the course, so I'm sure I've got a lot of visitors. Yeah, I'm oh, sure you will. Uh, oh, it's going to be sensational. I know that Moo Moo actually, who we're working with now, have actually got the uh, uh, the accommodation rights for the world. So they've got uh, a big package about to be announced, uh, which we're going to be working with them. Uh, the deal was that they had to give uh, Dan and I the, the uh, number Royal one suite. room, uh, uh, Royal <laughs> oh, yeah. Suite, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, working on that, but uh, yeah, I have I have shared a room occasionally with. Brad McGee, but he snores too loud. Oh, hang oh, on, John. <laughs> hang on, John. I, I've shared, I've yeah, shared rooms exactly with you, John. <laughs> I remember I've still got the mental scars from 2005 Tour de France where I walked in on John giving himself a Belgian shower and he had <laughs> one foot on the base. I'll leave it at that. And I said, what are you doing? And he's like, mate, Belgian shower. It's just a face washer and gets the same job done and i think his plan was to just fold it up and put it next to the basin but uh yeah i've still got that mental image burned <laughs> into my head but um on a serious note brad we're talking with obviously ben and josh earlier about um you know this support for for particularly young cyclists and mm. almost preempting problems that can happen throughout a career um how difficult <clears throat> was it for you when you when you're so used to a routine as a professional bike rider that period when it stops. Mm. I think I was quite fortunate there, Dan. It, it, 
the lifestyle didn't change a lot. Uh, slipping straight into the sports um, director car. We're still living in Monaco, um, Shani, my wife, and our young young family at the time. So things didn't change a lot. It actually probably took me away from home a bit more. Um, and then there was a slow move back to Australia. And then, you know, I've settled into, into more um, coaching roles and, and less time on the road. So it was, a, it was a slow transition for me. I was quite fortunate um, that, that that was able to take place. Uh, what, what does change, though, is, is that physical exertion. You, you crave it, you know, just mm. going out and fully extending yourself on the bike, um, is, is what you crave and you just don't get the opportunity or the fitness anymore to actually do it and you know we're laughing before but i say farm fit that's my expression now i get out there and get on the shovel or the chainsaw or whatever it is and and i get somewhere close to that physical physical exertion which you still crave well into retirement well on the flip side you would have seen so many bike riders really struggle when their career is finished and it must have been heartbreaking for some of these guys that you could have almost set a watch because I saw it as well in my time at Green Edge. Some guys that you're like, geez, I'm worried when this finishes and wow. the way their lifestyle is, this is going to be pretty soon. But there wasn't anyone around them to pull them aside and go, listen, mate, you know, you need to start thinking about this stuff right now. Yeah, yeah. that's it. And I think there's some there's some opportunities in that. Um, I think as as our men and women are retiring from, from um, their careers. There's also a need for our next wave to be mentored and, and mm. guided and supported. And I think there's some uh, a real win-win in that approach. It does take a bit of coordination, facilitation, um, you know, gone where I had high hopes that that sort of thing could happen organically. Um, but my, my belief is now um, it just needs to be structured in some sort of way. And it, like I said, it can be mutually beneficial. Ify? I was going to say, one of my favourite tours was back in the, the, the Giro when I was had the, the detour crew and we were following, uh, there, there was Brad and Matty Wilson and Baden Cook in the FDJ team and lucky enough to stay in the same hotel a few times. We had an absolute magnificent uh, uh, three weeks. But going back from that, so in my day there wasn't 10 English-speaking um, riders in the European peloton, maybe three Aussies. Mm. In your time, there was probably a, a dozen, but not not much more. A few more. Uh, and what do you think now, Bradley? When you when you're looking at it and you're seeing something like thirty to forty Aussies riding World Tour and, and Pro Conti, it's it's staggering, awesome, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It is staggering. I mean, in you know, my time, I can remember spending a lot of time down the back of the peloton congregating with the Aussies and, and others that could understand Nick Gates and his jokes because that was a place to be. It was awesome. um, now they've got to come up with a choice where they're hanging out with in the peloton. It must be crazy for them. But it is it, it is a game changer now, like um, just in the language itself. You know, English took over the peloton many years ago. Um, a lot of um, uh, sort of American, US-style business operations in the way those teams are operating um, I, I really feel for the young men and women now in the pros. There's, um, it, it seems to be a lot less freedoms. Um, there's a lot of control. There's a lot of um, um, a lot more uh, expectations out of their performances on the daily. You know, I, I'm, I'm, what I'm saying is, where's where's the room for magic? Where's the room for that? You know, expressing yourself and finding a new level. It just seems to be a little bit too controlled. Um, so, but how they find and express themselves in amongst that world now is a real challenge, I reckon. And the season is so long, you know, there's, there really is no off-season. 
Um, mm. season, the, the careers are longer and the seasons are longer. It's it's just full on for these young men and women. Now we had Rory Sutherland on the potty oh, a couple of months ago now, and um, awesome. he he talked about a few interesting things, and one of the things was around. He doesn't want to carry guys in the Australian program that don't have that passion to wear the jersey. And his concern mm. was clear that that has died off quite a bit. Now, you've represented the country on numerous occasions. Same with yourself, Benny. Um, but do you think that there is a bit of a and, cultural... And Josh, don't leave and... Josh out. Well, sorry, Josh. My research on this show is terrible. So all three of you have represented the green and gold. But... Um, do you think that there's something that needs to tweak? Because you have got these guys in the Pro Tour that are on massive money, massive contracts. They've all got egos. They all want to win. Um, how do you turn that culture around so that Australian cycling on the world scene are just dominating? Because we're seeing that in the Pro Tour ranks. But how do we get that click? Mm. Yeah, I think it has been discussed. It'll be interesting what the boys think. Um, a great idea came out um, of uh, the last couple of national teams I was involved with and some of the boys were talking about this very thing, you know, they're, they're keen to get involved with junior development. But it's also how do you, um, you know, maintain that, that sense of pride in, 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 in pulling on the Aussie jersey? And, you know, there's some ideas around maybe uh, actually acknowledging where you sit um, as a new new member to the Australian cycling team. You know, I, I, I'm going to use the... The, the connection to cricket, they have the baggy green, the presentation, mm. rugby, you know, they have old old um, rugby stars ringing up the, the new recruits uh, saying, you know, welcoming to the team, you've been selected. And just joining that connection mm. between what, what has been and, and what will be in the future. I think there's some things we can actually do around that. Um, as, again, you know, what I was talking about before, the seasons are longer, the, the expectations are longer. It is going to become more and more difficult for, for our young Aussies to, to commit professionally to the national team representation so what can we do to, to augment that um the pride and the, and the valor in, in actually donning that jersey yeah i reckon there's things to be done well given i flicked you before josh what's your opinion on all of that mate <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's interesting it's it's sort of it's very true like i know when i was a junior it was all you wanted to do as a junior was to represent the country and go to the junior worlds and i think it was a double-edged sword because Everyone pushed and trained so hard to make a junior representative team going to the junior worlds. And then there was a lot of burnout. We lost a lot of young athletes after that point, um, just the way that the national team was structured at the time. Um, but it was a huge thing for us back then. It was a huge amount of pride. But again, I was a track sprinter as well. So I, I really, that was all I had to look forward to, really. I, I couldn't turn pro. Um, and I was never going to be a road rider. But um, so for me, it was great representing the country. But I can see, on the other hand, with the road professionals, you know, they're getting paid good income. Um, their teams are very, um, you know, they're dominating and they want them to come back and represent the team and letting them away, letting them go away for Worlds or mm -hmm. Olympics and train with national teams. Um, and again, it's it's changed. It's changed a lot. But um, yeah, I love putting on the green and gold. There's no doubt about that. But that was what I did. Still squeeze into it every now and then, do you, Josh? No. no? <laughs> if he... <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, you know, and even going back before that, uh, uh, Josh, as you would know, it was also 
to get into a state team and, and to wear, for me, the big V, but you to wear the, the New South Wales blue. That was really something special uh, to make a state team. Oh, Matter of fact, my first state team, when I was 20, was when I won the Australian road title. I could never get in as a junior or, or uh, uh, anything before. So just to make a state team was very, very hard back in those days. I think it's important for us to acknowledge that, you know, that maybe some athletes are struggling to commit to the Aussie um, Aussie teams, but there's some athletes out there who are just diehard, ready to, to, to actually, you know, you know, murder themselves for the, for the green and gold. You know, you, you look at Luke Durbridge's ride in Tokyo. Um, you know, that was no mean feat coming in late from, from the tour and just totally yeah. turning himself inside out. It's only yeah. one of many, many examples, and, and including in our women's team. There's, there's, um, there's athletes out there that it's all about the green and gold, and they'll do what they can to manipulate their pro contracts and, and, uh, and sports directors to be there. So there is some really good examples. Did, you see... You see as a whole now, though, as well, where Australia's gone with their investment in the development and the youth and what Simon Jones did to our junior program and there's no junior worlds teams anymore and then road teams want juniors. So it's like, all right, Australia's not investing in juniors, world teams are. Why would I wait around for a country that's not investing in a junior when a pro team could take me and I could set my career up? And then they get well in their way and then they're good enough to represent Australia and the They've lost that already, or they they pick a thirty year old that's been the dominating in in the Tour de France and on the world scene. So where we had those juniors that were all about the green and gold for five, six, seven years, and then switched to a road career, now they're phased out and they're too late. Plus yeah. they can't represent Australia at that age because Australia's not taking them. So I could just see an obvious reason right there. Well, it must be even more. I was going to say it must be even more frustrating for you, Benny, knowing how important it is for this development at the grassroots of young cyclists. Yeah, well, first we lost uh, road investment when um, I switched, when I Brad employed me at Entwist for road. Um, CA stopped investing in road development. So then teams like us became more important that we could develop uh, not only road riders, but track endurance riders through that road program. And then you see they've gone and done it for track development as well. So unless you're elite, adult track rider they're not spending any money but by that point you're like i'll go the road so um yeah big big red flags there so, so how do they turn it around is it is it money or you know what what is the solution to i, I or... think what, what benny's saying there and, and I'll, I'll attest to this the athletes we've had some difficulty inviting you know enticing back in or encouraging back into national um, teams at elite level are often the ones that are disgruntled from their junior years where they missed it. Something just didn't go. They felt they weren't um, supported and they have this sort of uh, legacy of, you know, angst against the national team. Not, not towards generally an individual, but just cycling Australia would be there. So maybe some of this, the, the, the solution here is actually doubling down and making sure at a junior level, under 19s, that, that that experience is at the optimal level, as good as it can be. If he... I was going to ask you, Bradley, why we're talking about some of that. Being a local, where you are, just up from Wollongong, and you know the circuit very well where the world's going to be, um, what do you think are the chances for Caleb Ewan? He can do it. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I know you be easy. very involved with him. Yeah. It will not be easy, but it is doable. He can definitely do it. Yeah. Well, yeah. Let's not piss him off until it starts so he rides. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's interesting because we still haven't heard the exact 
circuit yet. We know the, the, the loops it's doing, but we don't know when the big loop's going to be with that big hill. Are they going to bring that in late? We don't know. Hopefully not. But uh, it's well, proven in the past. He'll ride through brick walls if there's a sniff of victory, and there's a big <laughs> yeah. sniff right here. So you'll yeah. do what it's. What I, I was on the um, technical advisory board for that. If you so, when we hang up, I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's been interesting. No one can tell us. We've been, you know, talking with uh, uh, Scotty Sunderland, and he said, "Oh, we're going to wait for the UCI to uh, finalise which circuits they have overall." But then I hear other people telling me it's already been decided. They're just not saying it. So uh, I, I would assume they're going to come down from uh, Helensville or wherever it is, do the big loop, and then do the small loop. If that's the case, I give uh, Caleb yeah, a I'll, big chance. I'll, I'll back Caleb, no matter what the combination of those three components are i'll back him um to get through it yeah all right well you guys are connected for the inner sanctum in new south wales and let's be honest victoria new south wales we 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 don't like each other you know (laughs) we're paranoid from a victorian point of view that if this thing goes too good you're going to take the bloody nationals off ballarat is there a plan in place to capitalize on this world's at wollongong are you 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 going to steal it need to get renshaw on He's the man. <laughs> take the bundle together. Yeah. yeah, you're taking you're taking the Bathurst. You're taking the Bathurst. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? That's it. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Round Bathurst to be sensational. Yeah. Bathurst but Baycrits. A, yeah. Yeah. Ah, well, now the Baycrits. Now, uh, of you three, who hasn't ridden the Baycrits? Put your hand up. Who hasn't ridden in the Baycrits? Yeah. I'd, I'd like to put my hand up if you, but unfortunately, I. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Brad, Brad. I, I remember having a few uh, very uh, creative um, contractual arrangements uh, to ride the Baycrits, um, including uh, creative chairs, meaning I'm good for it. Shares in a racehorse and a couple of chooks and. I do know a story about some riders that uh, received a share in a racehorse to do the bakeries and went to watch it and um, it jumped the fence afterwards, broke its leg and they put it down. So it <laughs> 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 won, it won. So they're like, we're on a winning year, then jumped the fence, broke its leg. So, um, yeah, it's unfortunate. Oh, well, uh, that was that, that was the horse that I was going to give Bradley for, to ride, but anyway. So, yeah. <laughs> you got flicked, mate. You're one of one of the few in a long list. But uh, so, Betty, um, back to what we're talking about with the the program. I mean, what is the plan, sort of moving forward in terms of this thing? Is clearly results. You know, you're proving that on the road. What's the sort of growth plan for your program moving forward? Uh, look, a, a lot of that, a lot of that, I really wouldn't uh, like to discuss on here. But in general, just um, the resu- the results we're having now aren't particularly part of the plan. But it was more about, um, and we had some help from a really good friend um, who helped us really restructure and, and get our site sorted for this year, and it's really paid dividends. And it was all about just stripping it back down and being really athlete focused and. Um, focusing on each individual athlete and, and their plan and their future and their career. And then um, just the, the fact that that's all going well and we reshaped our whole team ethics and everyone's just 100% in as a team. They're feeling loved as an individual. They're getting all the support they need. And it's just all coming together. Um, we all know what we're doing. We all know where we want to go. And then 
just the, the stepping stones now that we have in place. So the riders that are going all in and doing well are getting the results and they're getting contracts and it's worthwhile and they've got buy-in from us and the team and they're seeing them get results and other people get results and they're seeing the career pathway. And um, I think we're just going to keep growing that. Um, we've got a few things in the cards that will just continue that that growth, not necessarily bigger, just just better at what we're doing. Mate, that's fantastic. But I will have one negative. Don't you ever say to us you're not willing to discuss this on the detail. When you show up on here, mate, it's full transparency. But I trust you. I'll let that one slip. Iffy, uh, before we let these guys wrap up. He's bringing his racehorse dealer to see me. Yeah. <laughs> he's trying to get another. I was just, uh, no, just uh, apologising to Whitey, who just uh, got stuck into me. But anyway, it's all good. Oh, I've got a couple um, of live comments. Simon yeah. Knowles, best cycling podcast bar none. Checks in the mail, mate. Uh, David <laughs> says, Iffy, were you, that, were you on the bike track between Brimley and 13th this morning going so fast? All I saw was fluoro green. Yellow flash that couldn't have been you, it definitely wasn't. <laughs> I, wasn't <laughs> again. No. No, no I do a flash now and again, but it's not, yeah. nothing to do with that. Yeah, and, and, and Matt says, Great potty, guys. Shout out to Blackburn Cycling Club, they have fantastic junior track road program. So Blackburn Blackburn road, yeah. Bring back the clubs, no, 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 the no, clubs. no, no. Pa Paramount, yeah, Big Paramount. Neighbors. No, bring back the clubs. That is important. You're dead right. You're dead right. Bring that right, Bradley. That's what it's about. Exactly. Yep. Yep. No. Good idea. There's a handful of clubs that are doing it so well. There's a few of them in Victoria, you know, who nurture the youngsters. And like Brunswick, it's fantastic. They have all these junior developments. It's wonderful to see. Victoria's been amazing with the junior clubs, I swear. Junior's is Victoria's just pumping out amazing cyclists, great with their junior development, putting a lot into their clubs. And uh, yeah, there's a lot of awesome Victorian riders now on the scene, and that's showing. Like you put into the juniors, and look what happens. Mm. Yeah, it's what you guys doing up Every weekend we race as juniors. Um, we'll race as club. Uh, you know, we go to Sydney, go to Tempe. We spend our whole summer every weekend racing. Um, mm. And that sort of set the scene, I guess, as juniors. Yep. Shout out to everyone out there that's associated with the clubs, doing fantastic stuff. Um, if he any final questions? Or well, just just insults? talk about uh, just how well the the Aussies are going as this season is starting. You know, it was great to see Simon Clark at his last mm. minute, uh, uh, um, you know, call back into the world tour, which he should never have left, and to see how well he's going now. I mean, it's sensational what he's doing. Um, and he, he rang me last night, actually. It was just a WhatsApp call late in the evening. It was it was great to say he just got back from Italy and about to head up to the classics. But um, he, he was actually – he said to thank you to Dan. He said that it was the, – we helped him so much with uh, uh, the old Detour podcast. Uh, uh, oh, we got him the contract. Might. That's not sugar well, mate, Maybe, maybe not. But I'll tell you what he did say. He couldn't stop raving about the, <laughs> the, the factor bike. He said it's the best thing he's ever ridden. So um, there you go. Yeah. The, the factor boys will be very happy about that. They must be pretty good. But uh, Bradley, just uh, we've got all, you know, Caleb's back in, in, in great form. Already he's had a, a really solid win. Uh, young Ben O'Connor, Jack Hay, you know, these guys are this year is looking exciting. We, we're going to have some some uh, Aussies 
at, at the front end of the of the Grand Tours without any doubt. I'm asking you because I, I was wanted you commentating, to on, commenting on this the other day. Yeah. We just can't wait for the season to start. You know, the classics themselves and then into the tours and the big build-up. Um, and the more we can um, talk this through as it's coming up, you know, and, and be attentive, who to look out for. You know, mm. I'm just a couch potato now watching these races. So I'll be look, I'll be leaning on you guys to get that inside info, you know, <laughs> who's, who's running hot and who to look out for. It just creates a much better experience, doesn't it, as the, mm, yeah. as the yeah. spectator. Yeah. That's it. And uh, good to see our Quintana. He's back in form. He's had uh, a couple of wins already, and everyone was wiping him off. He's gone to a you know second tier team, uh, but he's uh, back in form. And young contract Avenapol. He yeah he did a time trial the other day. Just I thought, wow, everything they've been saying about him. It's uh, it's true. He's he's uh, I reckon we'll see really see what he can do this year. But uh, yeah. I'm still going for Simon Yates to win the Giro. I reckon. I reckon he's got it in him, and I, um, I reckon uh, Simon will bring one in for Bike Exchange, JK. Nice. <laughs> yeah, there's a bit of a delay, I think, as well. <laughs> Is that me? No, no. no. It's Brad's yeah, Wi-Fi. We're having a few tech issues. He, he spends more money on the chickens than the no, Wi-Fi. No, no, that's no. understandable. I've got to go out. <laughs> and right up. Yeah, all good. We're running on a satellite or something. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thanks for joining us on the detour, guys. Uh, we'll check it again soon, and uh, it'll probably be around accommodation because uh, something will fall through at the last minute. And just set us up with a tent out the back, Brad, and we'll have a... <laughs> Organic oh. roast veggies, oh. and you'll look after us, mate. It'll be great. Oh, that'd be good. <laughs> <laughs> yep. yeah, me too. I just, you've interrupted my cooking here. I've got a whole table full of vegetables that we're roasting on the fire. So, there you go, boys. Get back to it, boys. <laughs> Thanks for joining us on all the right. show. And Thanks, all the best. Guys. Thanks, guys. Yeah, fantastic. Good to see you, Joshy. And congratulations you, on representing Australia, Josh. I'll never forget <laughs> it. <laughs> Thank you. A long time ago. See you, boys. Uh, thanks, See you Oh, that was fantastic. Uh, great insights there, Ify. Uh, great show. And uh, they're doing some great work at Australian Cycling Academy. They're just going to go strength to strength. So, um, yeah. Anything you want to add before we wrap things up, mate? Uh, three great guys. Oh, look, just uh, don't forget for all our Detour family to click on, do all of the... the uh, Moomoo Cycling, that's Moomoo important. Com, Get that's those last important. two spots for the classics. If you want to go and rub shoulders with the biggest name in cycling, there's only one way to do it, MoomooCycling.com. And as I said in the last episode, if I could pick one race to go to, it's Paribu Bay. Hands down, Parry Bay. Once you see that live game changer, and as John said, yeah. youtube.com forward slash the detour podcast. Like, share, subscribe, tell your mates. We appreciate the support. Thanks to the guys uh, on the show today, Brad, Josh, and Ben. And uh, we'll be back again Thursday, uh, 6 30. Do you reckon we'll get Whitey then, Johnny? <laughs> we will. Yeah, we'll we have will. To. And we've got a very interesting guest uh, on Thursday. Mm-hmm. You told me, and I T- forgot who it is. Who is it? Tim Decker. Tim, Tim Decker, Decker, that's right. Who, who, who uh, yeah, was a pretty handy cyclist himself, but has been the uh, elite track uh, guru with Australia, but he's uh, jumped ship. 
He's uh, he's going elsewhere. I know who it is, but he's Ooh. not. I can't say it today because I think it's not being announced until tomorrow. But Thursday, we talk we'll about, talk about it. it. I can tell you it's in Asia. Okay. Okay. Loose lips, sink ships. Loose who told you that famous ship. phrase? Well, funny you say that because the ship and uh, – well, we won't go there, but okay. that, that could right. give you a little clue. Right, <laughs> Tune in Thursday, 6.30 p.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time. Thanks for the support, guys. We'll see you again soon. This is the winning ride of the Tour de France.